1: Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. A podcast where every episode we tell stories and debate a controversial subject. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind-blowing shiznit throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Did I scare you? (laughs) Today's episode is going to be spooky. So in story time, Mitch is going to be telling a story about a time where he saw a ghost, and I'm going to be telling a story about a time where uh, about a year and a half of my life was spent thinking I was getting robbed. And in the end, we are going to debate, what is the best scary movie of all time? You
2: like scary movies? Uh
1: Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? So it's Monday morning. How you feeling? Monday, mo- hashtag Monday motivation. Whew, well, it's not Monday for anyone listening. It's Wednesday.
3: So it's our Monday. I'm feeling motivated. We've just been traveling all weekend. I'm exhausted, but I have a bit of adrenaline.
1: Ooh, good. Mm-hmm. I made yeah. you get up early this morning. <laughs> yeah, I
3: got really early, so I'm going <laughs> to crash
1: soon. But You like- literally looked outside. It's dark here in Canada at seven in the morning. And you were like, Greg why am I up so early? This is early for me too (laughs) and it's so dark in the mornings now. Like, I I was just like, I hate waking up before the lights I really am a morning person and you are. I'm sorry.
3: (laughs) Comment corner.
1: Okay, this comment is from H. That's their name on Twitter. H? It's at wow. Poco Arose, but they put their okay. name as H. I thought they got the handle at H. I was like, wow. Yeah, that's kind OG. of amazing. <laughs> okay. Minimalism anyway. is in. They look really cool in their profile picture. So again, use the hashtag Side Note Podcast to get in contact with us, and we will read it potentially on the show. So this person wrote, okay, but Greg somehow actually won that debate for Mitch with the environment stats. LMAO. Oh, hashtag is Side this Note caffeine? Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> so I did really help Mitch because I was like. Why isn't he coming after the environmental aspects of coffee and caffeine? And
3: Hey, that's on you if you help me win. Like, I'll take a win however I can get it, girl. Can you help me this week, please? <laughs> we'll
1: see. Ah! Oh,
3: what did we learn this week? This week I learned something that may seem obvious. I feel like I say a lot of science studies, like, are sort of obvious, but it's always nice to have this reinforcement. So this is especially for people with social anxiety or different forms of anxiety, which I feel like I have, so I was, like, connecting to it. And what the study found, I'm going to tell you the result first, it's that anxious people, when they when they know that over-ruminating doesn't help, like overthinking, about, over-thinking. Like, okay. their problems, they actually perform better. So, for example, in what? this study, they gave participants the challenge of giving a three minute speech, but a few days before they had to give this speech, they sat them down for a 15 to 20 minute intervention to remind them that over-anxious thoughts or planning for negative events or are actually harmful and don't actually benefit you. Because that's one of the biggest problems for anxious people is that you're, like, over-preparing your brain. You're thinking of everything that could go wrong because you think it's actually beneficial. You think it's useful. So
1: just telling them that that's actually not helpful Yeah, because studies have
3: shown that, like,
1: over-anxious thoughts actually impact your performance huh. and reminding someone of that helps them. That's kind um, of weird because you you are like that and I always sometimes try and remind you like, "Man, it doesn't matter," but sometimes you got upset and are sort of like, "That doesn't help," but now yeah, it's like it, it, it does. It does.
3: I think it depends on the context and it's like you're my partner, so sometimes I feel like, "You know what I mean? It's a yeah. different type of relationship," but it is helpful. I've had to remind myself cuz sometimes I do feel like I just want to be super
1: prepared, but there are some types of behaviors I think where you you're just preparing yeah. for things that are never even going to happen and you're just giving well, yourself Well, it's cuz also like when people are anxious or depressed, like there's a famous thing to say. Don't just say stop being anxious right. or stop being depressed, which is kind of what this is sort of saying. And a little I- bit, but I think way. when you sit down with someone yeah. and talk through, not just saying don't be anxious, but preemptively, but
3: saying, hey, like here's here's some evidence that shows like these thoughts aren't going to help you. Yeah, what you're thinking about isn't actually going to get you the result necessarily.
1: So yet. I think that's we need to use more as the word evidence when I try and say that to you. True, Mitch evidence, evidence says you need to chill <laughs> the f out. <laughs> okay, all right. What did you learn? So I am reading a book right now called Behave, which is. Like ever anything I've been tweeting on Twitter in the last two weeks has been because of this book. It's amazing. It's a famous book, like one of the bestsellers it's of last year. It's gigantic. So whenever I look at it, I'm like, that's like bigger than a Harry Potter. I rock. feel so <laughs> smart when I'm on the subway reading it. I'm like, yeah, this is thick. Oh, we're at 800 pages, and it's nonfiction. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. So okay, what I learned is that 95 to 99 percent of our time as human beings, like as hominids on this planet, have been spent as hunter gatherers. So mm-hmm. The fact that we even like live and have agriculture is like such a recent thing when it comes to evolution whereas I mean it's all we've known in our lives I feel like we think it's normal but from like a hominid perspective it's like a blip in time hunter-gatherers were actually quite peaceful like I think a lot of the time when it's pitched to us we're pictured that they're like these like angry like violent things yeah. but because they were nomadic they didn't have possessions and all, a lot of violence has come out of the fact when people stopped being nomadic like mm. when they stuck around like even when they found hunter-gatherer societies that stuck near like water and like a bunch of berries because it was like a sweet a place to stay berries. this yeah. berry trees, great yeah, everyone but, wants it though <laughs> no exactly and when they stuck still is when they would find remnants of like violence yeah that makes sense because like like the the fighting for land and things like that wouldn't have existed when people were nomadic exactly and also and now that this is just all about hunter-gatherers for today i'm going to be a little fast before we get into our actual topic but also they found out when it come to cal- when it came to caloric intake they found out that women who gathered like the berries and the nuts and things like that would contribute like 80% of calories to mm. the actual like group whereas the meat like the hunters that the men went out and got the meat it was actually like almost like n- like not very useful when it came to actually like the calories wow. that kept them alive so again women the backbone of society when it came to being hunter gatherers <laughs>
3: Storytime. Story,
1: story
2: time. Story time. Story
0: time.
3: Today we are talking about scary movies. Ooh, a little Halloween episode. Whoa. Oh I guess <laughs> this is coming out on Halloween. Um so for my story, I want to tell like a very scary experience that I've had in my life. It's not from a movie, but I just thought it was like worth telling. Um and it is that I used to go to Florida a lot, so my family would, That like, is scary. Terrifying. That's the end of my story. Um, <laughs> would show up in Florida. My grandparents like would go for a part of the year as they got older, so they had a house there. What are they um, called?
1: Snowbirds. Yeah, something like in that. In Canada, it's yeah. when older people escape to Florida slash Arizona because it can be kind
3: of dangerous for el- elder- elderly people to be on in slippery the snow. ice or like it's harder on their bones and stuff like that. Winter so is a nightmare. They loved going there. Went down there most years when we were young, and one year because a lot of us would be in this house, I was sleeping on the pullout couch. And in the middle of the night I woke up and I could hear my little brother crying in the other room. It's creepy. Yeah, and I was like, Oh, that's weird. But then I heard my mom get up out of her room and go to the room.
1: How old was your brother? I'm picturing him now. I'm like, he cries? No, yeah. I I don't know. <laughs> he must
3: have been like, you know, under ten and I was okay, probably fair, I was fair. probably like 14 or something. I honestly don't remember what age I was. Um, So I hear her go and then I hear her get like really concerned and so I start like getting a little bit scared because I'm like, what's going on? So I start looking around and then I look at the end of my bed and there's literally... A shadow in the shape of a man standing at the end of my bed. So my heart starts racing because I'm young and I'm like trying to look. It's so dark. I'm like, is that like my brother, my dad, or is that something weird going on? And then. And you're in Florida. Florida. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how many robberies are here. I'm 14 in Florida. I'm really scared. Um, Guns everywhere. Guns everywhere. (laughs) Um, But yeah, then suddenly I realize I cannot move. I'm literally paralyzed. Oh, you have that, and that thing. That's like, man, this demon at the end of my bed literally comes onto my <gasps> bed, reveals his form as like some scary man, and sits on my chest,
1: like that famous painting, The Nightmare.
3: Literally, and I'm trying to scream for help, knowing my mom and brother are just in the other room, like awake, Ew. and I'm going like, ah, ah, like trying to scream so bad, and then all of a sudden, gone, and now I'm awake. So I guess I was experiencing like sleep, a paralysis. sleep paralysis mixed with like a night terror, which I then went on in my life to have many night terrors. Which yeah. you know, yes,
1: Mitch will shoot out of bed and be like, <laughs> "The bus is coming!" <laughs> and like scream, and I'll be like, "Ah, like what the <laughs> app?" Like it was a lot. Yeah, I remember. Worse. Yeah, I don't have it very often I feel anymore. Like you had, but you, oh my god, it was horrifying. You you would sleep walk. You would I don't sleepwalk that often, but I like. Well, get you've up gotten out of and, your bed and, talk and been and stuff. like, yeah,
3: you... and often like I remember. It's not like I forget. So like that bus example, I was in bed with Greg, and I remember waking up and seeing a city bus in our room, but it made sense. And I was like, oh, we have to get on the bus. And then you <laughs> went like, what? And then I woke up, and everything disappeared, and I was like so embarrassed that I was like. Nothing. And didn't you once when when you were
1: like staying at my parents' house, like scream like yes, oh my god, like this will be short, (laughs) but I literally
3: woke up, thought I was trapped in an iceberg. The first time I ever. (laughs) Like, slept at Greg's parents, was like slapping the walls, trying to get out, like yelling. <laughs> and I was like, this. then I woke up. And then in the like, morning, you were like,
1: um, did you guys, by any chance, hear screaming and like crawling and like I was scraping on the walls? And we were like, anyway. oh, okay, good. You did. No, we didn't hear it. Okay, good. You were safe. But yes, oh, so night terrors. It's not fun. I'm surprised it's you ever even go to sleep. Truly. Imagine laying in bed, getting closer and closer to. Falling asleep, when suddenly you feel something pressing hard on your chest. You try to toss and turn and get comfortable, but you can't move. Panic and fear begin to build as the realization starts to set in you're paralyzed. And just when you think things can't get any worse, you hear a voice coming closer to you and whispering into your ear just coming to say good night. <laughs> Sleep paralysis. It happens either when you are falling asleep or waking up. You can't move and you do have hallucinations, whether they're auditory or visual. And it's often accompanied by a feeling of pressure on your chest and difficulty breathing. The content and interpretation of these hallucinations are driven by fear, somatic sensations, and dream-related mental activity. Studies have shown that around 30-40% to of people have experienced sleep paralysis at least once in their lives. The condition can be triggered by sleep deprivation, psychological distress, or like having abnormal sleep cycles. Maybe you're getting up earlier for some reason or sleeping in later. But the underlying mechanism is believed to involve the dysfunction of your REM sleep. A theory as to why it happens is that the neural functions that regulate sleep are out of balance, in such a way that causes different sleep states to kind of overlap. Neurons capable of sending the signals that would allow you for complete arousal from your sleep state have difficulty in overcoming the signals sent by the other cells that keep the brain in the sleep state. Essentially, some neurons in your brain are saying, you're awake, while some are saying, no, baby, you're still asleep. Scientists think that sleep paralysis might be a great explanation for some people's reports of ghosts and demons and even alien abductions. The experience has been interpreted as paranormal in several cultures. A study in Hong Kong, for example, 37% of students reported at least one instance of what they refer to as the ghost oppression. In Thailand, the term for sleep paralysis, phi-um, I think that's how you say it, I don't know. I know that like they have a different dialect, I literally cannot speak Thai, but it translates to ghost-covered. So they actually call sleep paralysis in Thailand... Ghost covered in Newfoundland, Canada. It is known as a visit from the old hag. I hope that's not misogynist. And there's a famous painting by Henry Fuseli, and it's called The Nightmare. It's actually in Detroit, I saw it recently. It's a picture of this like demon sitting on this woman lying in bed. You study it in like all art history classes, but again, this was probably a visual depiction and a painting of sleep paralysis. It's common amongst people, there's almost a 50% chance that this is going to happen to you in your life. So, before you go to bed tonight, will it be the night that a demon sits on your chest? So my story is related to night and terror, but in a much different way. (laughs) So I, when it comes to scary movies, I don't really like them that much. I don't, I find it hard to get scared because... Like what you just said, yours sort of references ghosts, maybe, yeah. but I in my head immediately think sleep paralysis. It's like part of your dream. I do not find ghosts scary at all, and so, so weird. I know, and I find a lot of scary movies not scary because they're like about a ghost, and I'm like, this just isn't real. You know what I mean? Or like, or whenever like I hear a creak in the house, I'm like, oh, the house is creaking. Like you know, <laughs> like someone's upstairs. Yeah, and it's just like what could that be? The dead <laughs> demon of this home? I'm like, no, that literally doesn't make sense. So I was never scared of scary movies. I never enjoyed them that much, and I never was scared of ghosts but i was very and still i'm very scared of legitimate crazy humans like murdering or breaking into your home oh just like yeah like intruders yeah like that always got me Uh because i was like that makes sense so when i was younger like i think probably like grade six seven eight like not young enough for this to happen (laughs) i I feel like a
3: lot of your stories like could start with that yeah not young enough for this to happen
1: like like, I am yeah, I'm a sensitive kid. I still am sensitive guised as a confident person. Okay. But every night I would wake up like clockwork around like 2 or 3 a.m. and be in my bed and it would be dark. And I would think in my head there is potentially a robber downstairs. You know what I mean? Like that is an option. So I would scream, Mom, Dad. And they would wake up and then for about the first six months – they would have to come into my room and say, Greg, there's not a robber downstairs. It's okay. Like, <laughs> they would rub my back and I'd be like, oh, okay, sweet. And then I'd go back to bed. Then eventually, after about six months, my parents were, like, so exhausted. Like, probably, yes, yeah. so sick of They're it. They are like, they were eventually like, we're not going to get out of bed anymore. So I would just scream, like, mom, dad. And they'd be like, Greg, it's okay. There's no robber. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh, okay. God. And then I'd go back to sleep. And this lasted for, like, a year. <sighs> and so my parents were not, like, the types of parents who, like, got me very many things like I'm talking about that like I never had Game Boys a system like I didn't really have very many like toys like that they were kind of like granola parents in that sense like we didn't really like watch TV uh, but they I remember them sitting me down being like Greg we will buy you a Game Boy if you stop yelling they out. bribed you yeah. to and stop and I literally scared. was like I don't need a Game Boy because I need my sleep and I am so scared at night and you're like it's too real and I'm like it's too I- real I like, "I can't not scream out for you because there could be a robber in our house and then eventually eventually Eventually, I remember one night, I just kind of talked myself out of it and made it through. And didn't yell out. And then I stopped. And then I was fine. And so it was just like, a do you year... remember what triggered it? Or you were just like, nope, I'm not I think anymore. maybe like my heart, I like got pubes and my hormones kicked in. And I was like, you're maybe like, I could like, beat him now. Yeah. I'm like maybe scared. I was like, yeah, I actually have muscles now. Like I'm a man. <laughs> like I could fight him. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it, it kind of like grew out of it. But it was a f- solid year and a half where my parents had to listen and like know that I was going to scream to them at some point. And they said they would get spooked like every night they'd wake up, like, oh my yeah!
3: God. Yeah sleeping, even if you know what happens on a regular basis, they probably were terrified. No wonder they slept through
1: my screaming iceberg. They yeah, probably were so used to, used, it. used to it. <laughs> but yeah, it really is related to how I feel about scary movies, because honestly, I, I'm not that scared of them. The ones that scare me are the ones that involve a robber like coming real. into a house <laughs> at night.
2: As the days get shorter and the nights get longer, you might expect that the number of break-ins would go up. However, most break-ins actually happen during the day. While it's true that some burglars use the darkness of night as cover, people leave their homes more often during bright weather. And 60% of burglaries actually happen between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., according to the FBI. In 2016, on average $2,361 worth of money and goods was stolen per home, per burglary. And you might expect that most break-ins happen in states with busy cities like New York or California. But the U.S. states with the highest rates of burglary are New Mexico, Arkansas, and Mississippi. When Greg was a kid, he actually had a lot more reason to be scared of someone breaking in because there were actually 48% more property-related crimes in 1993 compared to in 2016. Crime rates continuing to fall is a good thing, but there is some reason to be skeptical. Most crimes are not reported. According to the US Bureau of Justice Statistics, In 2016, only a third of property crimes like break-ins are reported. The reason people didn't report crimes is they felt the police would not or could not do anything to help. And unfortunately it's true. Only 18% of property crimes reported are ever solved.
1: After the break, we will come right back for our debate about what is the best scary movie of all time.
3: Friends, we officially have our first ever sponsor for the Side Note Podcast, and we're so excited about it. Look at us growing up. So today's episode is sponsored by HelloFresh, which is a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. It's super convenient as it's delivered right to your door, which I loved, and the recipes are only around 30 minutes each, meaning you don't have to spend the entire night living in the kitchen. Not to mention... It'll help you get out of your meal rut and start cooking out of your comfort zone by discovering new delicious recipes in each week's box. This week, we tried uh, the coconut dao with spinach, which was honestly amazing. I grew up in a half-Indian family, so I was curious to see if they could pull it off, but the spices and flavor were incredible I was obsessed it was also so easy to make like I love cooking but sometimes it takes me hours of organizing and prep and going out and getting all the things uh, so this was just a truly fun way to make a delicious meal with way less hassle you need to try it out. For a total of $60 off, that's $20 off your first three boxes, visit HelloFresh.com slash Sidenote60 and use the promo code Sidenote60. That's sidenote six zero. Thanks again to HelloFresh.
1: Today's debate between Mitch and I is going to be a debate about what is the scariest movie of all time, and mm-hmm. I think you went first last week, right, Mitch? I think so. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna You're go, first. To go first. Yeah. Okay. So you is there? Oh a- yes.
3: Okay. Uh, Greg, I have a timer ready.
1: You good to go? Yeah. And uh, start now. Okay. So I think that the scariest movie of all time is- there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: Yeah.
1: is The Shining, okay? (laughs) I knew it you were going to pick that. (laughs) Wait, really? Yeah, I was like a huge Stanley Kubrick fan when I was trying to like not be perceived as out and gay. (laughs) Wait, why is he? I feel like it's kind of like a cool dude thing to (laughs) do. Anyways, oh my God, this is debate. Okay, so The Shining, the premise. It's about Jack Nicholson who's like at a hotel in, very important to me, the middle of the woods. Like the beginning scene really lets you know that they are in the middle of nowhere. And that helps with my creepiness. The winter is creepy because that's where it like Dominates is obviously in the snow so scary so <laughs> jack nicholson is like a dad who's there to like write a book and then the uh wife and son show up in this isolated sort of hotel to kind of visit him for a while and then things go awry and so one thing reason why i think this is so scary is that what i really don't like about horror movies is when they sort of keep you unaware of what the scary thing is and then once you see it it kind of takes away a lot of the mystery for me like I one fam- minute Oh, my gosh. Okay, I find signs effective, but then once you see the alien, it becomes less effective. Actually, oh, my God. I'm so... Okay, one minute. Okay. (laughs) Well, less now. Okay, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Okay, so I find this movie so creepy. You kind of know from the beginning what's going to go happen, which is that that Jack Nicholson's going to go crazy. They kind of let you know that's the plot the whole time. The music is incredible. There's all those, like, you know, those violins, like, being plucked and, like... So creepy. So the whole time you're kind of on edge, and creepiness from a scientific perspective is desi- is like designed when something's seconds. a little bit off, and that's that's what this whole movie is. Like the little girls that you see that everyone talks about being so scary. When you look at them, you're like, wait, what's the intention of these girls? Like everything is like misplaced, which allows you to feel so on edge the whole time. Which is something that I found amazing. I found the the weakest part like the last five minutes. Up until that, I found this whole thing scary. Ten and they- seconds. They say that's why masks are scary. They're are creepy because. The, the intention of the person is hidden And this whole movie is just a giant mask Three. Oh, you're done, <laughs> okay <laughs>
3: Time's up Good job, okay, yeah, I, The Shining is a really good movie But um,
1: I can't believe better? I spent time talking about how Stanley Kubrick was a part of masculinity What am I doing? Is that true? I don't know, I <laughs> think so, I just like, everyone has like a Stanley Kubrick phase And then when I watch his movies now that I'm older I'm like, these seem like very misogynistic Okay, I am ready for okay, my Mitch, date what do you think the best scary movie is? Start now
3: I have chosen the movie Saw. So it is what? one of the most successful horror franchises of all time. It has eight movies with a total domestic gross of 454 million across the movies. Um, if you don't know anything about it, let me just say M. Night Shyamalan who, it is literally the best twist series. They invented the twists of horror films, the whole what? movie. You might not know the plot, there's a lot of different plots, but by the, it's about like, There's lots of gore They're killing people They're putting people In torture situations But there's always Some crazy twist at the end That will literally Blow your mind Every single time Um, Yes okay I'll admit They get progressively worse But the first ones Are really (laughs) original ideas And up to three and four Like they're all Interconnected movies Which you don't realize Till the end of four And then like They create a massive twist Around the fact that All these movies Are happening in different Time periods Or at the same time Hashtag spoiler um, And it blows your mind By the end Uh, It also has A beautiful message Which is Appreciate your life And if you don't, a man will come and put you in a worse situation. Uh, uh, To make you appreciate your life Because you're gonna be afraid You're gonna die And he's gonna be like Well this is because You didn't appreciate your life So what a beautiful message (laughs) Who knew that a horror film Could do that It also has Every quality a horror film needs There's a ton of suspense It's a thriller There's jump outs Jump cuts There's an iconic character Or two So Jigsaw The bad guy But also his puppet Billy Like you know what that looks like Everyone knows The Saw characters Um, It also has Carrie I don't know how to say his name Carrie Ullis The guy from Robin Hood Men in Tights And from The Princess Bride So like classic oh, char- sweet, sweet. classic classic um the actors had no rehearsals they literally because it was on such a tight budget they had to just go on scene read their lines and do them which adds to like a sense of it being like real and authentic um but also shows that an idea doesn't have to rely on so much money it can just be a good idea um so i just thought that's an amazing
1: thing uh, and seconds. it's
3: an amazing contribution to the horror genre if not a defining contribution thank
1: you What? oh my gosh saw i can't believe i didn't think about how you're going to choose saw of course you chose saw because you used to always make me go to every saw movie every halloween they're
3: so good and i thought you know it's not about ghosts so maybe it should scare you actually you're right
1: so the one thing that i like about both of our choices is is it's about real men going crazy oh that was another fact from mine
3: classically in horror films women die the most but only men die in saw
1: ever I don't know that's if not ever. true. I don't know I've if seen ever, the Razorblade one because I like... I, I, okay, there I shouldn't was...
3: say ever, but majority. I read that fact online. Yeah, I didn't fact mi- check.
1: That's why you always have to be skeptical with Mitch's speaking in <laughs> absolutes. What are you, Jordan <laughs> that's Peterson? That's true. Oh, Jesus. That's a Speaking thing. of horrifying white men, oh my God. Imagine, I was like, my scariest movie is Jordan <laughs> Peterson's existence. It's like 2018, <laughs> yeah. the movie. Like, literally, though, he is such... Oh my okay, god, if you're, you're, you're a screen- on topic. No, but if you're a screenwriter and trying to think of an inspiration as oh. a horror like character, yeah. that would work. Jordan Peterson is such a like his Right every- it write it write it cash in on that cash in on that give me money Um, okay
3: so I (laughs) want to know though like without this isn't nothing to do with your movie choice but like why don't you find ghosts scary because I don't believe in them but like neither do I but I'm still terrified of them that doesn't make any sense maybe because I grew up in like a more like yeah my family's not like mysticism but like yeah your mom and sister go to psychics and and yeah like I think like even though I'm science minded that still kind of lingers in me and so when I'm in a scary position like in the dark or something I look around and I'm like
1: what if they were right and then Yeah, (laughs) whereas my parents are literally like, there's no such thing as ghosts, go to bed. But then when I'm like, is there a robber? They're like, no, there are robbers. (laughs) Whereas my parents would be like,
3: we'll always protect you from robbers, but we can't help you from the devil. (laughs) Oh yeah, I also grew up Catholic, so maybe that impacts it.
2: A man checks into the famous Biltmore Hotel in Los Angeles. As he steps into the elevator, he realizes he is not alone. there is a beautiful young woman with shining black hair in the elevator riding with him as they reach the sixth floor she steps out but then quickly turns around visibly terrified she looks back at the man and mouths help me as the elevator doors slide closed the man quickly presses the door open button and the doors open but the woman is nowhere to be seen he searches the sixth floor but the woman is gone The next day, the man is wandering downtown LA and enters a used bookshop. On the cover of the first book he sees is the face of the woman in the elevator. He flips through the book and discovers it is Elizabeth Short, but that she died in a brutal murder in 1947 and was last seen at the Biltmore Hotel. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story, the tale of the black dahlia the murder of elizabeth short referred to as the black dahlia is one of the most famous unsolved murders of all time time and time again there have been dozens of accounts of her ghost wandering the halls of the biltmore hotel but why why have so many people seen the ghost of the black dahlia studies have shown that when people are told a place is haunted more people reported unusual experiences. For example, a 2002 study found that believers in ghosts were more likely than non-believers to report unusual phenomenon while touring a site in Britain with a reputation for being haunted. Another study demonstrated that hearing or reading about ghosts, especially when the story came from a credible source, was enough to increase paranormal beliefs among participants. Neuroscientists hypothesize that our brains believe in the paranormal because we love to seek out patterns, even when there might not be a pattern. Our brains like to believe that everything happens for a reason. So, in the case of the Black Dahlia, that is an unsolved mystery, the fact that there isn't any answer increases the likeliness that we will believe that ghosts are involved.
1: The Shining's a good movie. But you didn't love it, I remember, when I showed it to you, and it kind of, like, made me upset.
3: Because I think it's good, but it honestly didn't scare me that much. Like, yeah, maybe maybe because to me it was a little outdated. Like, I can appreciate that at the time it's, like, a
1: classic film that helped probably helped define the genre. But to me, it's, like, not that scary. I think what I found the most important about the Shining and why, again, as I said, I'm not that scared by scary movies, is that it is creepy. So the thing about the shi- the shining is I think it's more creepy than scary. Like mm. the way it's filmed, a lot of the time you're unsure why you're even looking at things. It zooms in a lot without like the music changing or anything. Like it just like will zoom into something like randomly. So I feel like the whole time that I watch it, I'm on edge and the music will build like <laughs> like <laughs> for nothing like for like him when he's just like walking down the street long right. and slowly and you're kind of so like building a lot of suspense yeah and it doesn't necessarily ever do that like pop out thing like when Jack- it does it does sometimes but it's scarier st- when it isn't you know what I mean right. sometimes a lot of scary movies mm-hmm. rely on that trope of like ah, yeah. and yeah. then you're like okay that was a little bit cheap whereas like one of the scariest parts is when Jack Nicholson when the wife kind of realizes Jack Nicholson's gone crazy, like he's been writing the same word as his novel. And mm. he's kind of like, well, what? I'm actually just gonna kill you right. and our son <laughs> and it's like long and usually that's the part of the movie where you're like oh okay I now get what's happening it's less scary but it mm. makes it more and more scary and you know what's gonna happen the whole time at the beginning they say you know back in the day a man went crazy and killed his wife Right. And son I do think that's an and impressive you're kind of like oh my when, god like, you know it but it's still that
3: makes a movie really rewatchable because yeah. scary movies rely so much, so much. on the, on th- on big, the twist on the, but, but no Saw's <laughs> so an exception but but I mean in general when movies like rely just on a moment or just on the yeah. reveal of a character. Yeah. You're right. Then it's like you don't really need to rewatch it and you can't be as scared ever again. Whereas with true suspense, like you can rewatch and it's the creepiness.
1: I can I, get behind that. Japanese owned website Rakuten's Play.com actually said statistically that the Here's Johnny scene was considered the scariest scene of all time. They tracked like their pulse and determined like yeah. and, and showed them different And every scenes.
3: other person's pulse for every scary movie since.
1: Or like, be, like up to that. Yeah, they obviously <laughs> used a certain amount of movies, but their hearts were racing the most during the Here's Johnny scene. Which okay. is obviously an iconic scene for a reason. Yeah, I guess I'm just like... What's the iconic Saw scene, sometimes Mitch?
3: Sometimes I, my only criticism would be like, I can understand making false like I feel like sometimes those those movies make false suspense by using music to to things that aren't even happening, and sometimes that can be like a, a cheap move in my mind. Where like, music is such a tool, and a lot of scary movies mo- use it in a bad way, where they just use yeah. it to scare you for no reason yeah. to like lead up to almost like a joke. You know, like oh, you didn't actually get scared. I don't think The Shining does exactly. No, that, it like, makes joke it creepy. Switch, but
1: I and just also like it was made it in 1980, and it created it. <laughs> We all know the scene. A woman, oblivious to her imminent demise, languishes in the shower. Suddenly, the camera pans slowly to the left as we notice a shadowy figure creep up behind their unsuspecting victim. The figure throws open the shower curtain, a savage knife raised above their head, and all we can hear are these loud violins shrieking as we tremble in fear. When it comes to movies – we're back in a more chipper tone now – music is especially important for the horror genre. It's said to actually have a physical aspect of what makes the movie scary. It's designed to, on its own, create a physical response in the audience. When you think about the music for movies in general and for horror movies, there's sort of two rules that you need to think about. Is the music that you're listening to foreground music, something you pay attention to, or is it background music, something that sets the tone but you're not really aware of it? In a lot of horror movies, they aggressively draw attention to the music because it can build that tension. The violins in Psycho, which was the scene from earlier, that's a really old movie, but it's an iconic scene. I've literally seen that scene, but not the movie. But there are violins in it that help to set the scene and create the tension. There's also the violins that I'm referencing to in The Shining. They do this thing with the, they pluck the strings in sort of random intervals that kind of make you unsure of what the music's even about. And sometimes they even just rub the strings like with the pick. So it's like, "Ah." and I've noticed that a lot of movies, even now, horror movies continue to use that same like violin plucking and string sort of stroking because it's so awkward to listen to and so scary to listen to. Those pluck string noises are called stingers. And a lot of the time in horror movies when there's a jump scare, it's accompanied with these audible stinger noises. Another thing that horror movies do is they use music that would not really be appropriate in the situation. So it creates this like weird sense of things not fitting. A great example would be when they use children's nursery rhymes like in horror movies. So for example, in Evil Dead they use Ring Around the Rosie. In Nightmare on Elm Street, they use one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Like It's that juxtaposition of something that usually has to do with being young and innocent with this horrifying scene that can really make you feel uneasy. ¶¶ Scientists have also shown that harsh, unexpected sounds used in horror soundtracks imitate the screams of frightened animals or frightened people. And most horror films use instruments that actually sound like humans in pain or suffering to help provoke the viewer's empathy. More than most movies, when you're watching horror movies, you're aware of the music and that's because the music and the soundtrack is an important tool in scaring you. So next time you're watching a horror movie, think about the music and how it's impacting you because it can be a new interesting way to bring to light like new aspects of those horror movies that you know and love.
3: I feel like Saw is like not afraid to just like be the movie that it is as well. It's like a gore film. It's literally about being in your worst nightmare. But it's not really like I don't know. It's
1: not like one thing I would say about Saw, though, is like it does rely mostly on gore. It's not that scary. Wouldn't you say it's mostly gory?
3: Yeah, I think it's just like clever film as well in terms of like they. Yeah, in the first movie, there's only kind of like a simple twist at the end, but it's like this idea that a horror film can be more than just pop out scares. It's like the psychological horror of what would happen where you have to think about your life and what would you do in these different situations. Oh,
1: I just remember one with razors, like one where you put your hand up through something, and then if you were to put your hand. Back. It like cuts. What was it, that? Yeah. Saw three, saw Probably. ten. I don't remember which ones. Oh, yeah, they God. got they
3: got more and more ridiculous. And, and you the would gore-
1: drag me to them on Halloween. And they'd be so busy, and I'd be like, "Why am I watching <laughs> this movie?" It's oh.
3: I like that's like. I don't have many DVDs But like Saw 1 and 2 Are like the only two DVDs That I like <laughs>
1: And I remember When I met you I was like What's your favorite movie And you were like Saw And I was like Red flag I, that, Red I flag I never uh... I never And here you are 11 <laughs> years later I never
3: said Saw Is my favorite movie I might have been My favorite horror film
1: Whatever You brought it up A lot But we, well, anyways Defend it Mitch Because I'm I, right okay, now I'm... Because
3: it's amazing And I, like I said Obviously other people Thought it was so amazing Because it made so much money And it's one of the biggest Horror series of all time
1: You're Right, like it. De- I do remember going to the it's openings fun. and being like, "Why is it packed?" <laughs> <laughs> like
3: literally, like the, the premiere of like Lord of the Rings was just as packed as Saw.
1: a <laughs> uh, saw three in its prime. Yeah. I don't know oh if oh saw yeah, eight. no. by I eight, I was yeah. even giving up. Saw nine is going to be straight got, to DVD.
3: Yeah, but no. I just feel like you want you want to go to a film. You want to just like feel. It's a movie that you can feel the. It's fun to be with an audience, right? Like it's fun to watch it alone, but when you go to the theater, I I love theater movies when you get that audience reaction. Like, Get Out is another amazing horror film where you kind of are laughing with everyone, but also screaming with everyone. And I feel like Saw has that, everyone's having this, like, really visceral reaction and verbal reaction at the same time. Like a group thing. Yeah, and that kind of adds to, like, the experience for me. Whereas, like, a lot of movies I don't feel like you have to see in theaters, but,
1: like, Saw and many horror films are, like, really fun in theaters. I'm really happy, though, that we did, both pick movies where people go crazy. I really do think that is the scariest thing. Another great uh, horror movie is this movie called High Tension. I think it's French, but it's the same thing. It's like this girl goes to a house for like a vacation with her friend and her family. Like you know, sometimes you could find yourself at your friend's family's cottage, right? And then literally. A man. See, in, I didn't like, find a that truck, one either. Like comes and starts brutally killing them all. And I'm like, that's what would happen if you went to a rural that's house. Weird. I wonder what that difference is between us. Cause yeah, I'm just like, that
3: doesn't Because you're me, actually me, scared stuff of ghosts. About, yeah. Stuff about like, like but are spirits you, and demons. But are you stuff scared of torture? Out. Like Saw? Well, I'm more like scared when I'm in a dark room alone. I know what that ra- happened in Saw? No, but I'm just trying well, to relate it to your ish, like it's about like well yeah, saw's so not about ghosts, so I don't know if this isn't like approving my point, but I'm just so curious about why you're not scared of this because like in a dark room alone, I know a robber's not going to show up, but like some magical demon could appear like if there were. I, mean, such I think a thing. you just
1: believe in ghosts, like I think yeah, you just yes. need to like accept that because <laughs> I'm like, what do you I mean? Don't. I'm like, I'm like, no, a magical thing can't appear, but maybe a robber hid in my closet and is going <laughs> to jump out and stab me because for fun, for sport.
3: I guess. Well I was just started watching that like Netflix series like House on Haunting Hill and like I think you would hate it but like I love it. Is it about ghosts? It's about like a haunted house. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about like ghosts and spirits and stuff. But yeah, to me, because they can do anything. You don't know what they can do. I can predict a Mitch, robber. You
1: believe in ghosts? Okay, like you fine. need to, you need I to believe to sound in ghosts. Like that. You're an atheist. You believe in ghosts.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, we don't know. Just because I'm a scientist doesn't believe like <laughs> spirit couldn't exist. Just because we haven't captured it with any measurable devices that we I love have. Where you're like,
1: My family kind of was into mysticism, but I'm not. But and then here you but are I going in on this. and on. <laughs> I also, Uh, I might not believe in ghosts, but I do believe in Matilda powers, and I think I have them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's the same as me, like Jedi powers. Like, I have them, I just don't want to show off. I can definitely move things with my mind, but I don't (laughs) believe in ghosts.
3: Okay, I think that's our debate for today. Um, I mean,
1: it's Halloween time. Go watch The Shining. Yeah. Go watch Saw. Go watch both. Go let watch your know. favorite Halloween slash scary movie. And I actually
3: want to know what your are Because f- I love finding scary movies. So that's true. Let us know. Because there's so many bad ones. There really are a lot that you're just like, that was a
1: waste. Hashtag side note podcast. Let us know which movies we should watch on Halloween. Yeah, because this
3: is going to come out on Halloween morning. So by Halloween night, I'd love to have some suggestions. And I think the
1: comment we read next week should just be whoever gives us the best advice. Yes, agree. All right, thank you
3: guys so much for listening. Again, use hashtag, hashtag don't Podcast or follow us at Mitchell Moffitt at We well, Watch Me, PLZ. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Bye.